Amen. Are you excited to be in the house of God? Are you excited to be in the house of God? Are you excited? It is time for the word of God. And I'm excited too. You see, when you read the word of God, I mean, I believe Acts chapter 10 from 44 to 45 there. And Peter was preaching in what? He said what? When he was preaching, the Holy Spirit was filling those who heard the word. Are you getting it? When he spoke the word, the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word. So I believe that the word is about to come to you. And tell, tell your neighbor that, please, this morning, hear the word. This morning, hear the word. And the Holy Spirit is going to minister to you. And I believe that the presence of God is around. And the powerful preacher is around. I want you to be on your feet. And let's welcome our pastor, our bishop, Episcopal Sister Philippe Bruce. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just bow down your head and pray for yourself this morning. Pray that the word of God will find a place in your heart and in your spirit. Pray that the presence of God will be precious to you. Oh, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We pray that your presence will be with us. May you manifest yourself to us in the name of Jesus. May you have your way. May you have your way. In Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you to our Shades of Blue service. Amen. Amen. Are you there? Hallelujah. Well, we are starting in a new phase of our lives with God. And I want to just encourage you and say that anytime God makes a change in your life, I want you to be ready to respond to that change. Hallelujah. Last week I spoke to you about how, I believe it was the service, where I talked about how the, the, the cloud followed. Yeah. Even the cloud got up and moved. The children of Israel got up and moved. Now, if you are as Ghanaian as me, Ghanaians, we don't like change. We really struggle with change. And that's why from 19 Plebeho, when we changed our currency, to Ghana cities. Some of you are still mentioning 5,000, 100 million, 1 million, 100 Ghana cities, so 1 million. Sometimes I even look at children, children who were not even born at the time when we were talking in millions, they are still saying 1 million. I asked them, well, one time I went to buy something, and when the lady, the girl, then she, she said 5 million, and I looked at her, I asked her, have you seen it before? Then she looked at me, I said 5, she said 5 million. I said, as you are standing, five million, have you seen it before? Then she got what I was saying, we started to laugh. It's 500 Ghana cities. But because we don't like change, we will stick to the old things. Are you here? I said, are you here? One of the surest ways by which your Christianity will die is to stick with old things. Because as for the God that we serve, he's always doing something. Are you with me? He's always doing something. The cloud is always moving. Something is always happening. Now, the cloud does not necessarily move at the same rate for everybody or in the same way. 
That's why sometimes he will deal differently with your brother than with you. Hey. That's why Pastor Kofi is still here. He's here by his first love. And you and I, we're an Akazo Assemblies. <laughs> but it's very nice to have you in the house this Sunday morning. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Those of you who don't know him, a year ago, he was our praise and worship leader. He was a center director. He was a, a, a what? A pastor. He was a regional head. So if you don't know him, you have just come. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there? And so I want you to understand this principle and understand it well because it's one of the blessings of life. And when God speaks to you, he, you see, we are in the present service, a service where we are longing to hear God speak to us and deal with us, where we want to have his presence with us. But if you think that God is just going to show himself once and say something once and that's it, then you've made a mistake. Moses was walking with the children of Israel. They were crying. We don't have water. We don't have water. And the Lord said what? Strike the rock. Water will come. He struck the rock. Water came. A few, my name say a year, some other months down the line. They were having a similar crying. We don't have water. And when they, when they are crying, they say, it's not just that they are crying. They'll be insulting him too on top. So, after, by the way, they dealt with him. In fact, he was very distressed. And God said, speak to the rock. And Moses went back. He had forgotten that. You see, out of the grief, as the people, he just picked his rock, rod and he struck the Water came, but God told him, that's what I asked you to do. That was the thing that cost him his entrance into the promised land. And there are many of us, we lose our entry into the promised land by staying in one place. And when, the, when God comes and says, move on, do something different, you say, hey, I cannot change. Tell your neighbor, it is an old tree that cannot bend. It's only old trees that cannot bend. But if you are young and supple, you bend easily. Hey, the church is very quiet this morning. Amen. And so when you move with the moves of God, you are blessed. I used to think that I, as we started ministry, that my husband and I, we got into this ministry and Bishop sent us to Tamale. And I thought that's where we'll be until we die. I used to tell my pastors, in, 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 I was actually playing, I was joking. I said, look, this is where I'm from. Meanwhile, I'm a guy, you forget that one. But <laughs> I used to tell them, this is where God has sent me to. If I die here and you attempt to take my body to Accra, you will reach the barrier and I will sit up and I will ask you, I will ask you, where do you think you are going? Come on, return. So this was a joke that I used to have. Are you with me in the house this morning? 15 years down the line, a message comes. Move it, move it. Move it. Move it, move it, move it. Give way, we go, we go. We go. Time out, time out. You are moving to where? Kumasi. You see, I can see you don't understand what I'm trying to say. When we went to Tamale, Pastor Kofi was a five-month-old baby. By the time this message was coming, he was a grown-up. Are you there? So it's like a place. A place. A place. Are you in the house or you have traveled? Yeah. 
And we're now coming to another place, another people. When you have not moved around in Ghana, you do not know that every area is different. Yeah, but when you move around, you realize that the people are different. What we like, how we do our things. We're now coming to learn a new thing. I thank God that we moved. Today, I thank God that we moved. So if I'm here and the cloud has moved again, and said that we were first love for some time. And then the, cl- the same person who said, come to the Kumasi. And the same person who said, you are first love. It's the same person God has used to speak and said, we go. We go. Time out. Move it, move it, move it. Move it. Move it. Says the ones you have already brought, they are there. They are still first love. But the rest that are there. We go, we go. Move it. Me, I've moved. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> Please ask your neighbor, you, you, what have you done? You, as you are sitting there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so if you are asking yourself, so what is it? I'm just taking my time because some of you were just relaxing your house and then you saw a flyer coming, shades of blue, and you are wondering about what, uh, what shade, what, which, why blue? What is all this? <sighs> Please tell your neighbor, it's not a football team. It's not a football team. We are just announcing... Our move with the cloud. We are announcing that our cloud, which used to tell us to wear red, has now taken us to where they wear blue. So we have done the blue. Ask your neighbor, please, if you don't have blue, you should have had a dot of blue on you. A dot, a dot. Maybe you didn't have a blue dress, but you should have put a dot of blue. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, they, they will say I've spoiled the decorations. I was going to say that some people will give you a balloon to tie around. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I believe that the same God who has brought us this far is still with us and he will help us. Hallelujah. And he's taking us further and he's taking us from glory to glory. Yesterday I was so blessed to read a scripture, Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17. I had read it earlier in the week, but as I read it yesterday, it suddenly seemed to jump out of something and talk to me. Zephaniah, Zephaniah, oh, these people. (laughs) Zephaniah 3.17. And to me, this is our prophetic word for us at this time and moving forward. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Hallelujah. May we experience the might of God. I said, may we what? Experience what? The might of God. Hallelujah. There are times in your life as a believer, you are walking and you can easily think that you are the underdog. But I came to announce to you that in this new phase that we are entering, and as we move on in our lives, the the presence of God, the might of God is with us and we are going to experience it. The scripture goes on to say, he will save. Hallelujah. He will save. I am believing God that he's going to save thousands of unbelievers and that every seat in the present service is going to be occupied because he will save. Hallelujah. Your clapping is like the clapping of fishermen when the fish did not arrive. I said we have a God who is going to save people. Hallelujah. But not only is he going to save those who are outside and bring them in, he's also going to save us from the enemy. Sometimes when you see that the Lord does a major change, it's because something was about to swallow you. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Something was about to swallow you. And so he changes your identity. And suddenly as they come looking for this thing, they can't... Ah, we were looking for... It was in red. Look for the red. Look, look. 
And as they come looking, they have changed you. They have changed you. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. This move for some reason, he's going to use it to save us. I don't know why. I have one or two ideas. I don't know. Amen. The next part made me happy. He will rejoice over thee with joy. May the Lord, you see, when the Lord is rejoicing, he likes to be in there. That's why he says he'll be here. He'll be here. He'll be here. The Lord is rejoicing over us. Amen. I said the Lord is what? Rejoicing over us. I am a parent. From time to time, when my children do something and I'm rejoicing over them, they get to see that they will experience it. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. They will experience it either in something that is said or something that is done. They will understand that I'm rejoicing. There are some of you, I've sent you a text. You've done it good. Well done. Some of you, you found that you have been promoted. And as you are saying that, yeah, what work is this? You don't know that it is joy that we, are, we have over you. That is what has made us move you to go and do something else. Hallelujah. The Lord is rejoicing over us. He will rest in his love. And I pray that in this present service on Sunday morning, the Lord will just come and rest here. Hey, I said he'll just come and what? Just come and rest here. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, do you know what it means for somebody to come and rest? Ask yourself whether if the president was coming to your house, he'll be able to rest. <coughs> I think you get the point. Most of us, the way our house is, he can't rest today. The way the house is, you know, you see, when you don't have much, the house can be very porous. One time I asked the sheep, did you lock your door? He said, there's nothing to lock. She said, there's nothing in the room, so there's no point locking the door. Are you with me? So if you are going to go and stay there, <laughs> a great person cannot come and rest there. This door that they don't lock. Hey, even you as a student, with your second-hand fridge and your laptop that you inherited from your big brother, even you, you lock your door. But this guy said, Charlie, there's nothing to lock. And some of us, the way our places, even our human president cannot come and rest there. How much more God? But God, the Lord God Almighty, Jehovah Shammah, he says, I will rest there. Hallelujah. We are blessed to know that the Lord will rest among us. He will joy over thee with singing. And in this church, we are going to be singing a lot. Hey, I said we are going to be singing a lot. Because it is also one of the features of the presence. Have you not noticed that many times when there's a song, the Lord meets you there? Yeah. Many times he meets you because singing does something. Hey. It does something. Hallelujah. And so I believe that this is our word as we continue and as we move on on this road that the Lord has generated and carved for us. Are you blessed to be part of it? If you are, put your hands together and just say a word of thanksgiving to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Well, we're continuing with what we have been talking about. We've been talking about the presence of God. Wow. We cannot continue to talk about the presence of God without talking about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We must talk about the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you will not understand what we are saying. Amen. And I need to go back on a few things and then so that we are all together. 
Many times when we say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, there are people who wonder. You don't say it, but in your mind, you are asking that God is he three. Because we say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The best analogy I can give you, I beg of you, I'm not saying that God is a man, but it's just a nice analogy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I believe around verse 23, is the one scripture in the Bible that tells us that human beings too are one, three, in one. Yeah. And it's a scripture, he's talking about something else actually. But then he points out that I would, that you, you would prosper. Then he said, your spirit, your soul, and your body. Otherwise, we would have thought that as we are walking, it's just us. Are you with me? I need somebody who is fast on this thing this morning. It's not so good for me. Let's go look for my own scripture. Elijah. First Thessalonians 5.23 The very God of peace sanctify you wholly and I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your, your whole what? Spirit and soul and body. That's three in one. That's three in one. Are you here? If uh, somebody is talking to me, so please come, Kata. Number one, Papa, come. Number two, Abraham, come. Number three. All right. Good. The spirit is always smaller because you don't feed it often enough. Okay. So he says what? He's talking about God sanctifying us, but then he goes on to say that, I pray God that your whole spirit... Are you here? Your soul, your body. Now, spirit and soul, they are so close. You are not close enough, please. They are so close that even in the Bible, the word is used interchangeably. But you will find out that there are some particular places where it's very definite. Jesus, in talking to us about being born again, makes it clear that that which is born of the spirit is spirit. But at that point, he does not mix it with soul. Yeah, at that point, he doesn't mix it. But the Bible does tell us that in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, that the word of God is one of the few, if not the only thing, that can divide between these two. Yeah, because it says the word of God is powerful. Are you there? And it says that it's sharp. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, among the things it is able to divide into two is the spirit and the soul. So apart from the, the, the soul and the spirit, usually, apart from the word of God, these two usually, soul and spirit, we use them interchangeably. Are you here? But there are definite parts of us. So your spirit is your inner man. It's your spirit. Sometimes we like to say that he lives there because the Bible talks about the inward man. So it's almost as though, Pastor Kofi, please come. It's okay. Let me call Tim's. Yes. Stand here. That's our MC who has lost his voice. So as he's standing here, not knowing that inside of him is a spirit shaped just like him. It has exactly what he has. It has exactly eyes, it has got hands, it's got feet, everything. His spirit man. But it is in a house. And that house is the body. 
So what we know is the house. Amen. Are you there? I want to say to you, so number one, you are three in one, so you understand God is three in one. Number two, each of these parts, they are individual, they have different characteristics. Different characteristics. Your spirit is spirit. Your spirit, it can pray for a long time. Your body can't. That's why even a spiritual person, if you try, we have had 30-hour prayer here before. Even if the body is awake, it's not able to keep going. It's only when you invoke the spirit. That's why praying in tongues, which invokes your spirit, you can keep going. They have very different personalities. Very different characteristics. Let me put it that way. Your soul, uh, please, I told you people that you should be close. Hey. Well, what's wrong with this spirit and this soul? <laughs> Are you there? The soul is also quite distinctive. Because in the Bible, they mention the soul together with the emotions very often. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Because here, your emotions, your feelings, they are here. They are here. Your emotions are here. Your mind is here. Your thinking is here. And that's why, you see, you may be born again, oh. But if your soul is not transformed according to Romans 12, 2, then you are like a, what should I even call you? Chameleon. Chameleon, if it was walking here, it's blue. If it goes on the ground, it will be gray. If it comes on the pulpit, it is brown. Something in you is not quite working. And it's because your soul does not become born again. It's your spirit that does. And then your soul now is now what you are going to change by its virtue of the word. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Until your mind is renewed, much doesn't change. That's why you were jumping into beds when you were not born again. And you are born again, your spirit is new, but you are still jumping into bed because your mind is not changed. Let me move on. As for your body, he needeth no description. That one, you know it, you bath it, you feed it, you take it, I mean, you do everything. I'm saying all of this to say that when we call our brother Thames, when we say Thames, that one person who comes is three in one. In the same way, God that we deal with is three in one. Thank you very much, Thames. Amen. And so, I'm trying to use this to move into the Holy Spirit for you to understand. And so, there is a part of the Bible that talks to us about God the Father. Then there's a part that talks to us about God the Son. Let me use different people, otherwise they'll tell me that I've used... Please, sit down. (laughs) I need three other guys here, please. Three guys, become come first, just come. Just arrive, I need one more. All right, just arrange yourselves. Okay, arrange yourselves properly. Stand properly, stand in the line. So I'm going to use these three guys just because it helps us to understand, not because God is three. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Your Bible, in your Bible, from the book of Genesis to the book of Malachi, God the Father was speaking direct to man. 
by Matthew. In fact, there were prophecies about the Son all the way through the Old Testament. But then God the Father hands over to Jesus Christ the Son. And we meet Jesus Christ the Son in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the same Jesus as he was living, he told us that unless you receive the Holy Spirit, unless you receive the Holy Ghost, as I am living and going back, now, as God has stopped speaking directly in a certain way to man, that's how me too, the way I was walking here on earth with you, I am on my way up. But as I am going, I will give you the Holy Spirit, the comforter, who will stay with you until the end of time. So you and I, in this dispensation of the Holy Ghost, we can't talk without, about the presence without talking about the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is the, is the, is the, is the one or the personality of God with us now. Amen. Do you understand? So you see that even their voices are different. The way they talk is different. Hey. In the Bible, in the Bible, when you look inside, you see that God was talking. He had different ways of talking. Jesus Christ, when he came on earth, he spoke like a man. Yeah, then he left. And he left us with the Holy Spirit. And he said to us that the Holy Spirit, he won't talk of himself. Oh, it is what he hears that he will say. Are you there? So if you reject the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. God the Father, God the Son too, they can't come. They can't come. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I also want to say to you that many of the struggles that you have on this earth is because you have not understood the role of the Holy Spirit in your life now. God the Father, eh? He was the one who taught us about the anointing upon. The anointing upon. He would anoint kings, then they are kings. He would anoint uh, who? Prophets, then they are prophesying. Are you there or you have traveled? He wasn't anointing just everybody. And by the way, the anointing is the Holy Spirit. So they were still there functioning as one. That's why right in the Old Testament, the Lord said, let us make man. They are still operating together. But just for the purposes of us understanding, I'm trying to let you see the three in one. You are also three in one. But you operate as if you are one. But there time comes when you separate. When you say that somebody has died, you go and meet the human body there. The body is there. Who has left? Spirit and soul. Excuse me, have you had broken heart before? If you have had broken heart before, eh? somebody sent me a text. She said, I am not well. I've gone to the hospital. Some people say the hospital. I've gone to the hospital. They say there's nothing wrong with me. But mommy, I am sick. What had happened to her? She had had broken heart. Is it her physical heart? I told you when I told you that it seems the spirit, soul, and body. I told you that inside him, there is a spirit that has everything that the physical has. So that spirit, that heart she's talking about, it's not the physical one. But I tell you, they say she's well, but she was not well. <laughs> Are you in the house? I remember one of our nice bishops. When he was a young man. He had a church. Every day he's going, he's preaching in the church. Not knowing that. 
Sims, can you check if that thing there is chewing gum? Because if it is gum, it must go. Please, in this church, we don't chew gum here. Never bring it here. Never bring it. Never bring it. Because the people that we are, when you have to remove it, you put it under the chair. I don't want to say something. Amen. <laughs> I was telling you my story. So this young lady, she didn't know that the pastor already had a beloved. Until the day that we went to make the announcement for his marriage. So I was in church when I got a message from him. We're in church. So, so, and so, and so has collapsed. I said, what's wrong? Say he doesn't know. They have charged the hospital. What had happened was that when she heard the, me- the message that we hereby publish the bans for the marriage of Pastor so and so and so and so, to, suddenly she saw all her hopes and dreams disappearing and she collapsed. Collapsing is a sign that all is not well. They took her to the hospital. So, I quickly followed up to the hospital to visit this girl. When we, in those days, eh, we used to walk around the hospital as if we owned it, only because many of the nurses were in our church, and many of the lab assistants, and many of the doctors. So when I got there, then I was with Lady Rebehumi, and she went, and she opened the folder. What is wrong with this girl? They said, psychosomatic. And she said, there is no reason, physically, no, but her soul, her soul, the emotions, they were sick. So occasionally, occasionally in the Bible, things are peeled back so we can see spirit, soul, and body. And in the Bible also, God is one God, but he is God the Father, he's God the Son, and he's God the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. When God the Father was walking around and he was the one talking to us on earth, remember, the Bible tells us even right from Genesis 1, he was walking in the cool of the garden looking for Abraham, Adam. Amen. He spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12, leave your father's house. He used to talk direct. So when they needed something, they either spoke direct or they looked for the prophet upon whom he had placed the spirit and they spoke through him. But when he left, then he commissioned Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came. And as he was walking on this earth, when the disciples wanted something, they spoke to him. Master, teach us how to pray. When they were hungry, he plus them all, they would enter inside the maize field and collect the maize. In other words, when he was around, they related to him. They still related to God the Father because Jesus told them that it is what I see my father doing, that's what I do. I say what he says and I do what he says. Then Jesus was leaving. And he left with us the Holy Spirit. And we are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. But we don't know the Holy Spirit. We ignore the Holy Spirit. And then we keep going and saying that, Jesus, my problem of masturbation, I've been on it. I've been on it. He said, can't you see the Holy Spirit walking around you, trying to help you, trying to sort you out? And this is one of the main reasons for the lack of victory in our lives today. That the Holy Spirit is there, but we ignore him. And that's why... For the next week or two, or if it takes us three, I'm talking to you about the presence of God, all right. But I'm starting by explaining to you the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Amen. Do you understand now why you need to relate to the Holy Spirit? Now, there are three relationships that you need to have 
with the Holy Spirit. Three relationships. The Holy Spirit upon us. The Holy Spirit upon us. I will go into detail in each one, but today I'm just going to give you the list and then we'll start somewhere. Number two, the Holy Spirit with us. Now, the Holy Spirit upon us, that's when we say I'm anointed. And you're anointed to do something. The Holy Spirit (laughs) with us, that's the presence we have been talking about. But I want to start today with the most basic of them all. The Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit in us. That's the third one, but that is kind of like the beginning of everything. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit in us. We are very familiar with the scriptures in the book of Acts where Jesus told us, he told his disciples, I'm sending you, go and do this and that and that and that. But don't go before the Holy Spirit comes. And in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, we are now introduced to the arrival of the Holy Spirit here on earth. Amen. Are you there? So in understanding the Holy Spirit, number one, understand that God gave the Holy, the gift of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. He gave him on the day of Pentecost. That gift has been available from the book of Acts all the way to the book of Revelations. He is there. Hallelujah. Are you there? Acts chapter 2, we're reading from verse 1 to 4. And if you think you know it already, you should be able to talk about it without even your Bible. Because many of you, you are even speaking in tongues, but you don't know why. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, so this is where the word Pentecost is coming from. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you see it and do you understand it? Hey, are you, you are quiet. So that is, the, the, in this scripture, this is when the Holy Spirit now lands on earth to take over. Does not mean he was not there before. After all, did we not meet him when Jesus Christ was baptized? The Bible says when he went and he came up, they said the heavens was parted and the Holy Spirit as a dove came down upon him and the voice of God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He had simply come to join Jesus Christ because it is the Holy Spirit who is there. If you like, the power generation part of the, of, the, of the Godhead. The powerhouse. We meet him in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And the spirit of the Lord moved upon the earth. So, so he was right there from the beginning. But here... In the book of Acts chapter 2, we meet him as he has now landed. He has now landed. Actually, now I am here until Jesus returns. I'm the one in charge. Are you there? Number two. Anybody who is saved can receive the Holy Spirit. Anybody who is saved can receive the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter was explaining. 
And he said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall be given the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can you see it? Are you seeing that that's what the scripture says? You see, as um, Peter explained in chapter 2 of Acts what was going on, the people began to be concerned for themselves. They began to be worried. They said, so what should we do? Now that you have explained it all to us, we are finally understanding what we did when we crucified Jesus Christ. Now we have understood the whole story. What should we do? Then Peter began to explain to them what to do. He said, first, so, so the repent is what? That's your, your receiving Jesus Christ. Are you there? Repent. Repent. Also be baptized. Then some of you, we have been talking about baptism. You are here since you became a believer. You have not been baptized. It is your responsibility, please, to ensure that if you have not been baptized ever since you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you need to be baptized. Oh, but I was baptized as a, as a child. Excuse me. It's a church tradition. It's a church tradition. Yeah, it was, it's a tradition. It's just a way of Christian parents taking their child to church. To kind of say that this one belongs here. But your baptism comes after you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Not before. That's the one that counts. Yeah. So can you be baptized two times? If you were baptized by sprinkling with a baby, what do you think the answer is? Could you receive Christ as a baby? No. Your parents were just, you see, you want to bring your child. You notice in this church, we dedicate babies. We don't baptize them. Your parents have never done anything wrong. Where they were going, that's what they do. And they were sprinkling. <laughs> Baptism, the scripture in, says, in Hebrew says that, in Romans it says, we, we die with him, we are resurrected. It's by immersion, not by sprinkling. The sprinkling came because of an issue. And when it finished, Christians, we argue about nonsense. The sprinkling came because at a certain point in time, the Christians were under so much persecution, they had to flee into the hills. And over there, they didn't have bodies of water. And they still wanted to do the baptism. And that's when they invented the, the sprinkling. But when you are staying where there's water, you cannot use that as an excuse. You can't. You can't. Are you there? And so I'm saying it to you now. Please, Brother Chris, can you stand? Lady Pastor Yvonne, can you stand? If you have not been baptized, give your name to one or other of these two. Are you getting me? We are even coming to give out baptismal certificates right this morning. Yeah, yeah right this morning. You know, they had about 35 people being baptized last Sunday. But there are hundreds of you because our list of non-baptized people is already over 100. Yeah, but you don't think it's important. It's very important. Look at it. Repent and be baptized. So you must be baptized. Every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus. He's just telling you, he says, so that, I mean, you are, you are clearly saved. And you receive the gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. So once you've given your life to Jesus Christ, it's a gift. I'm just taking the opportunity to talk about the baptism. It's not that you have to be baptized before Holy Ghost comes, please. And I'll prove it to you from scripture. So you just relax. Are you there? Now, there are some people who say that, oh, to receive the Holy Spirit, you have to clean up your life. Excuse me. If you could clean up your life, what exactly is the use of the blood of Jesus? Please ask your neighbor for me. Oh. Because some of us, we came because we couldn't. Yeah, to me, we couldn't. Yeah, we couldn't. We couldn't. 
Some of us were involved in things. We wanted to even come out. We couldn't come out. Hey, are you there? Me, look, three years before I became a Christian, I knew that it was nonsense to be an unbeliever. No, two years. Yeah. I had spent my first year on campus growing time. What is a jam? I am there. What is another jam? I'm there. The only thing that saved my life was that because of my height and size, guys didn't like me. Otherwise, I come alive, I say. I didn't know at the time that God was using it to save me. I was so distressed in my spirit because my friends, they'll come. They've dated everybody. Me alone. Nobody. So I used to go. My only salvation was that I came from my class. The boys were 54. So, and the girls were only five. Number two, I had done my sixth form. In Presec, because Presec in those days had started a science college. We were 30 girls. The guys were 1,000. So, as for guys, I knew them. So, I knew that, oh, if I go by means I'll get a classmate to dance with. I'll get someone to flow with. I'll hide my shame. But, okay, they have invited us for us to go there. There was nothing like that. I still went to the jams. But after a while, in those days, we used to have terms. By the third term, I said, ah, this DJ is the same guy. I know the music. I know where it will start. I know where it will peak. I know where it will end. It's nonsense. And then I'll get to my room at 5 o'clock in the morning. And the whole of Saturday, there's this feeling. You know the feeling of an all night? There's this feeling, you know. So I, every Saturday I say, but you cry, what have you done? Who sent you? Boy, cry, who need Now who for see who for skinning. Are you there or you have traveled? <laughs> hey! <laughs> so even at that time, I began to see that this is futility of life. Yeah. It took me two more years to receive Christ. Yeah, to, be, to, to get through all the hurdles. I don't even know why I started telling you that. Amen! <laughs> Are you in the house? I tried things, so. So if it is dying things, oh. For two years I was there, I knew that I got to get out of this. I've just got to get out. If it was that simple, would you still be fornicating? If it was that simple, would you still be masturbating? If it was that simple, would you still be just, yeah, I mean, I don't want to start mentioning all the sins here. So it is not after you repent and you come, you need the Holy Spirit. He's the one now who is going to walk with you and help you out. And he's the one that you have closed off. Because, you see, this generation of Christians, you have become some prim people. In my generation, when we used to come, and then they are praying over us, and the Holy Spirit comes, and you fall to the ground, you are even blessed, because, Charlie, you are having an experience there. This generation, I see Ashes trying to hold you up, so that you will not touch the ground. The church says, as you have come, we prim prim and white, it has to stay white. I don't know about what, what you are doing. Yeah. <laughs> you should be Sorry. That's why I take personal issue with ashes who do that. Oh, yes, I've gone to places before I'm ministering. I said, if you can't do it, get out. Oh, yeah, under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Because you are stopping somebody. You are stopping somebody. I remember a lady. She went under the, the, the spirit. That lady, she and her husband were working in a country. And when she was about dying, their son was taken over as a missionary. Then she told a story. That story I've never forgotten. And she said, many years ago, I went to a program. And she said she was prayed over and she was lying there. And as she was lying on the floor, she had a trance. And in the trance, she began to see the names of towns and nations. 
and she knew that God was commissioning them to something. But before the thing could end, some unspiritual Asha had come and lifted her from the ground and the trance ended. And she said from that day, she, it never continued. She said, I never knew whether we have covered all the places that God had accounted to us or not. You think people are down under the, the power because of entertainment. It's not entertainment, though. It's a spiritual operation that is going on. Many years ago, I was a student. And I was working in a church. And I had worked, really worked in the church. Even when I was eight months pregnant, I, had under, I used to serve. And I had just watched over. 80 women had come to a breakfast and I was in church. When I finished, I couldn't even walk. Because I was eight months pregnant. I was pretty heavy. But I was working. Then, I went through a period of time like many of us do when nobody's minding you. I was now in need and nobody was minding me. And a bitterness entered my heart. And from sitting around where my dear is sitting in the third row, I moved from there to the back. Some of you who sit in the back, you don't know that it's forces keeping you there. Amen. Especially when the room is empty and there's no reason to sit in the back and you are sitting there. You know. So, one of the Sundays when my pastor at the time was preaching, he now began to talk about forgiveness and I knew that God was speaking to me. And then he said that you are struggling with something you have to forgive, come. And I said, Holy Spirit, please. I'm eight months pregnant. I cannot go. I cannot go. Then, but you see, the Lord is moving you. And the Holy Ghost told me, if you don't go, I'll roll you there. You see, when you hear people shout to you, ah, ah, and then they start rolling and coming. They were calling them. They refused to come. Gives you a knock on the head and just rolls you and brings you to the front. So I got up myself. I said, Holy Ghost, please wait. I'll go. I'll go. Then I was getting to the front. I said, please, as you can see, eh, you can see my stomach. Eh, please, please. At least whatever you are going to do, do it with dignity and let me go and sit back. I mean, can you imagine somebody who's in need? Your friend is a lectures. He didn't even mind me at all. But as I lay there on that ground, the Holy Ghost dealt with me. When I got up, the bitterness was gone. Never to return. Never to return. I don't even know where I've gone into all this this morning, but it's also past. Amen. But I'm just saying it to say that you need the Holy Spirit. Amen. And all that you need to do is to receive. That's all. So that's what we are talking about this morning. The third point, number three, expect to receive the Holy Spirit when hands are laid on you. Expect to receive the Holy Spirit when hands are laid on you. However, it is possible to receive the Holy Spirit even when hands have not been laid on you. And I'm going to read scripture. Acts chapter 8. Hey, time is gone, my goodness. Verse 14 to 17. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as, he was, as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Can you see that example there? They laid hands. And if you look through the book of Acts, you'll find more than one example. But in Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, there's another interesting story. Peter was speaking, he was preaching, and in verse 44 it says, this was in the house of Cornelius. While Peter yet spake those words, the Holy Ghost fell on them, which heard the word. Are you seeing it? And verse 46 says, how did they know that they had received the gift? Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues. So here's an example where they didn't lay hands. Yeah. So some they lay, some they don't. I started speaking in tongues even when I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. I said, hey, yeah, my sins have caught up with me. I think when I gave my life to Christ, not demon, but 
Because I used to sit on my bed. When I, was, when I was talking to God, I used to talk to him like a child. When I was praying, so I was talking. And then suddenly the thing changed. I said, hey! One last demon was there. <laughs> so I kept quiet. But I thank God that I now went to a Christian meeting after that and there was teaching. Then they began to pray. And I said, ah, oh. Because in fact, from the day when that occurrence happened, I stopped praying aloud. I said, mm-hmm. if praying aloud is what will give this demon chance to be talking. I'll pray in my head. Praying in your head is okay, but one of the problems with praying in your head, you can't do it for long. Yeah. Even the one that you are praying, speaking in English, you can't do it for long. How much more the one that's in your head? Before you are aware, you have slept crying, you are returning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, my time is far gone, but allow me to just finish this. Is that okay? Yeah. Now, number four. I want number four. The fourth thing you are trying, we're talking about the basic, the Holy Spirit in us. In us. Disregard fear. Believe the word. Disregard fear. Disregard fear. Believe the word. Amen? Because some of you are coming from backgrounds where you have been told all kinds of things about the Holy Spirit. It's very sad because the Holy Spirit is a person and you you make him really sad when you say things about him that are not true. Would you feel if somebody is saying things about you that's not true? They say you like girls. Meanwhile, it's not true. They say you are a thief. Meanwhile, it's not true. They say you stole money, meanwhile it's not true. Will you not feel it? Uh-huh. Are you in the church or you have left? <laughs> so let's look and see. What does the scripture say? Luke 11, verse 11 to 13. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Is it not simple? (coughs) Number five. Open your mouth. Oh. Open your mouth. As you are standing there to be prayed for, or you have prayed, I want the Holy Spirit. Open your mouth. Can you drink water with your lips closed? The Holy Spirit is likened to water. And that's why Jesus said that. <laughs> he says, in the last days of the grace feast, Jesus stood and he said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. One of the things that he, he talks to us like he's water. Are you there? He says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Those things are, are just depicting what the Holy Spirit does. So it's like water. So just like how you will not close your mouth to drink water. Because some of you have come forth and you say that, oh, I've been prayed for again and again. I've been prayed for. You see, the Holy Ghost does not speak in tongues. So you do that. Yeah. <laughs> Open your mouth, la. Open your mouth. Oh, turn to your neighbor and say, look, open your mouth. Oh. I don't know how to say it again, you see. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's going to come down. Bing. Then you hold your tongue. You say, you open your mouth. (laughs) Number six. (laughs) Speak forth. You see, two things can happen. When the Holy Spirit comes, sometimes you just feel that something is bubbling. You let me just say. And you open your mouth and it's like a sound. That's it. That is it. Tell anybody, that's it. When you started to learn the language, did you learn all in one day? 
The Bible even calls it a stammering tongue. Because when you start, you start that you are like a stammerer. Saying the same thing over and over. And some of you, five years, you are still saying the same thing over and over. You should have developed a little in it. It's a language. Abba. Kamama, kamama. Kamama, kamama. Three hours. Kamama, kamama. Kamama, come on. Come on. It's a sign. It's a sign. Because the more you speak in the language, the more the, the language develops. How many of us? It has changed since you began. It has changed. It has changed. Yeah. It's a language. It's a language. It's a language. Hey. <laughs> so speak forth. <laughs> and as you start to speak, what he gives you is utterance. That's when the words, the sounds begin to come. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Tell your neighbor, this is that. That's it. That noise. That na na na. That's it. That la la la. That's it. That's it. As you speak. It, it begins to grow and to bubble. Hallelujah. And the last thing I want to say is that in a situation where we are praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit, the others, you're not just standing and looking. Just pray. If you speak in tongues, help us by praying in tongues. Yeah, if you don't, just pray in your understanding. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit in us. My prayer is that nobody here listening to the sound of my voice, would leave this place without the Holy Spirit in you. That's the most basic. That's the most basic. Why am I saying it's the most basic? Because it's like the beginning of everything. Everything else we'll talk about, it starts from here. The Holy Spirit in you. Hallelujah. Free of charge. You don't have to pay anything. The Holy Spirit in you. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Just talk to the Lord this morning. Just talk to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. If you are here, you don't speak in tongues. After the service, I'm going to get past, um, where is David? Yes. He'll get a few people and they'll stand at the back with you and they'll pray. Is that okay? I was going to do it as part of the service, but time has really beaten us. And so as you're standing there, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the presence. That's the Holy Spirit in you. That's the presence of God in you. Inside of you. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Malonde rianda malande makayande be leiba sanda la baba ba rivalando lo boli anda la baba riva sanda la baba landele be ravalonde kisanda la baba le malanda baba rando bo kiandele be la malandele be Yes. Your presence, we lift up 
says repent you need to give your life to Jesus so before you can go on this walk that we have embarked on I want to invite you to give your life to Jesus if you have not done so you are here this morning and your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life because you have not given your life to Jesus I want you to forget about anyone you came with and just think about yourself in Christ and and think about what would happen to you on that day when Jesus comes you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Lift up your right hand wherever you are standing. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. I want to pray with you. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. I don't want you to be shy of anyone. Just lift up your right hand. 
just lift up your right hand this morning. If your hand is lifted, I want you to come to me this morning. I want to pray with you. Just come to me this morning. Just come. We're going to pray together. Just come. Just come. God bless you. Give him your life. Just come. You are standing in the congregation. You are saying that I've gone to church all my life. But I didn't know how to give my life to Jesus. Today is your day. You are welcome to join us. Or maybe you used to follow the Lord. You were in church, but you fell away. He has given, he's given you another chance. Just come this morning. Just come. Thank you. I want you to pray this prayer after me this morning. You want to say, Lord Jesus. I come to you today. As a sinner. Please wash me. In the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sin. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want you to make a proclamation. You want to just lift up one finger like that? All across the room we can join them. And you want to say, now Satan, I will not serve you again. I have nothing to do with you. I have no covenant with you. I have no agreement with you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Father, I thank you for these young men. I pray that their lives will always be yours. In Jesus' name, amen.